Welcome to the Making Artists podcast, where artists learn how to stop starving, struggling, and aspiring, and instead, start making. You don't need a fine arts degree, a trust fund, or a more supportive family to be a successful artist. You just need to let your creativity lead you all the way to the top. I am fellow artist and professional certified coach, Nancy Sun, and I teach artists just like you how to make art, money, and an impact without giving up or burning out. Listen to learn how. Hey artists, after the first Making Artist episode, you might be wondering about the person behind the voice, me. <laughs> You might be wondering, who am I? And before you pick up what I'm putting down, what experiences do I have in the struggles and adventures you are up to as an artist? So today, I want to properly introduce myself as your peer, a pace car, and as a coach. I'm going to share what I have accomplished as an artist my personal mediums of choice are writing and acting. And I'm going to acknowledge the privilege, marginalization, and circumstances that might have been tools that helped me or weapons that hindered me from getting where I wanted to go. And I'm sharing this because you probably have circumstances, privilege, and marginalization that you may be regarding as tools and weapons too. I'm going to share what about me continues to make the difference in me being a successful artist. And I'm going to invite you to believe the same thoughts and embody the same mindset for yourself. These are the very same beliefs and mindset that I teach my clients one-on-one -on -one and in the Making Artists Mastermind. When we coach, I show them where they are stepping out of belief and out of the mindset that best serves them as they're on their journey. And this helps them get back into flow ASAP so that they can finish their book proposal, get a literary agent, land a book deal, and so much more. So to dive in, what are my credentials? What are my receipts as an artist? As I mentioned earlier, I am a writer and I am an actor. And more specifically, I am a writer who writes and I am an actor who acts. I make this distinction because a lot of you may be on here because you identify as somebody who is an aspiring actor or writer or filmmaker or illustrator. You might not be doing it regularly though. You might not be consistent with it. It might just be a pipe dream. You might have an inner artist who really yearns to actually do these things. You might have it as a secret wish on your heart, but you aren't actually showing up to the world in action, doing these things sufficient to have you believe that you are a writer and to have the world on board with you. So what do I mean by I'm a writer who writes? From my writing, I have created an online website that was nominated for a South by Southwest Interactive Award when I was 19. 
This same writing and same website is also what got me mentioned in the New York Times as a kind of a 1.0 blogger. This writing is also what I have workshopped with the Asian American Film Lab. I've workshopped a play with them, I've workshopped a screenplay with them, and I've also been given a fellowship I believe in the year 2020, it was just at the start of COVID. And this just reflects that not only have I been writing, I've been writing to my mind well enough to share these stories with people, receive feedback, revise drafts, and, and continuing to iterate my writing. In fact, this podcast episode is something that I wrote or at least outlined before I hit record. Some of you may relate to me as a writer because the art that you're up to is something that you might also consider to be self-generated or self-motivated or to require a very low barrier of entry. And there are some of you who are artists who think, man, that must be so fortunate that you have such a low maintenance creative skill that you are practicing. So for those people, I also want to illustrate how I am an actor who acts. A lot of actors think that they're terminally unique in that acting is a medium or an art form that you only get to do when somebody else hires you for the job. So you might have thoughts that your acting career is out of your control. And I just want to show you that I am up to the same game of being an actor who acts. And I'm also creating results and actually acting versus rehearsing or waiting for the phone to ring. So what successes have I experienced as an actor? So one, I want to just caveat this by saying I don't have an MFA and I don't have a BFA. And I still managed to create these results. The results being... I am a SAG-AFTRA and Actors' Equity union actor, which means I booked at least one or more union gigs enough to be invited into the union and pay union dues. So what gigs have I booked? In film and TV, I believe I have <laughs> done the normal bread and butter of booking industrials, booking regional commercials, even doing some print and modeling work. Before starting to book what people call legit TV and film work, which just means it's a theatrical, it's a feature film, or it's a network streaming or cable TV show. So in addition to acting in indie projects, I have worked on a studio feature film. I've also been on set 
for eight network TV shows. I've acted with Tandy Newton, Peter Sarsgaard, Brian Cox, Josh Charles, Sutton Foster, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, just to name a few. And I've been directed by Academy Award nominee Lisa Cholodenko, which was a dream person to work with on a dream project, and writer, actor, director Zach Braff, whose creation Garden State was one of my favorite films. So I'm sharing these wins not to brag, but just to let you know that the lessons that I have to offer come not only from me as a coach, but also from my personal experience. So when I offer something, I know what it's like to actually receive and integrate the advice that I'm giving you. And I want to offer that everything that I'm sharing with you is not also from my own experience, but the experience of my clients as well. I have spent over a thousand paid hours coaching over 70 clients for periods of six months or more to create results in their life. And actually, the reason why I became a coach was because I had so many people asking me how I managed to create all of this success and because they wanted their own taste or their own version of my happily ever after. And what they would do is they would ask to buy me coffee and to pick my brain. And I would let them buy me coffee and I would let them pick my brain and I would share with them all the things I did and what my journey was like to getting where I was. But I didn't really think that it was going to help them because they are their own person. They have their own journey and they might not get the benefit of taking an unintended year-long sabbatical to do a yoga teacher certification and teach yoga in Costa Rica before beginning their creative career. Because yes, that was something I did on the way to becoming a writer who writes and an actor who acts. So I say this because that those are my accomplishments as an actor, writer, and coach. And I know that my process works because I have seen writers, actors, filmmakers, fine artists, designers take the way that I've been being with my goals and dreams and embodying it for themselves and also creating gold, creating dreams come true in their own life, which is why I am so excited to be sharing all of this with you on this podcast. Hey, artist, love what you're learning? Put it into practice today. Visit makingartistspodcast.com and start making the art, money, and impact you want. That's www.makingartists, plural with an S, podcast.com. Link also available in the show notes. And now, back to the episode.
Now, you might hear all of those results and the first place your brain goes might be, okay, that's great, Nancy. So happy for you. Glad your professional and creative life are amazing. What did you have to personally give up? What did you sacrifice? Whether that be romantically, whether that be familially, whether that be financially. And I want to give you the possibility that you can have the personal life you want. You can have the professional life you want, and you can have the creative life you want. Because that is my experience of my life. So in addition to being an artist who makes art, I have fulfilled my wish of having a dog by having my five-year-old puppy and spirit, Ned. I am currently married. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary yesterday. And I've been in this relationship for, if I am doing the math right, five years. And right now we are raising our beautiful, handsome son who is seven months old. So I want to invite you to consider that you can have the family you want, the relationship you want, and you don't have to sacrifice that because you are hustling your way to being a creative success. Now, if your brain buys that I have it all and you might be skeptical whether or not I created it all or how was I able to create it all? Did I have some advantage or some privilege that you don't have, which is what gave me access to these results? So I just want to spend a few moments sharing with you what my privilege is, how I also inhabit a marginalized body, and to help you examine where your privilege is, and also how other people may have marginalized you or how you may have been systemically marginalized and help you consider what relationship do you want to have to these given circumstances so that they are tools and not weapons against your success. So for me, I'm going to acknowledge that I am middle class, so I have a level of economic privilege. I am college educated. I am very fortunate to be without student debt. I am a U.S. citizen, so I live in a first world, Western world country. Whether or not you consider that a privilege is uh, your opinion, right? I have thin privilege. I have attractiveness privilege. I am able-bodied um, and I present that way physically. Uh, I believe I am neurotypical as well. I look young and I am straight passing. So when you hear me share what I consider my privileges, 
you might be comparing your level of privilege to mine. You might be saying, yay, yay, yay. I also am middle class. I am also college educated. You may or may not have student debt. You may or may not believe that you have thin privilege. You may or may not consider yourself attractive. And just to be clear, I don't necessarily believe that to be true about myself either. I am recovering from disordered eating. I consider myself someone who has body dysmorphia. But I know when we talk about privilege, it's often about how we or our bodies present to other people and how their opinions, how their societally held opinions may impact our access to success. But I want to offer you that not everybody who has these privileges experience the results that I've created. In fact, I have gotten on the call with certain artists who check these boxes and maybe more. And when I ask them why they think they haven't gotten where they want to go creatively, they will actually say it's because they are too privileged. They're too privileged. They've had everything handed to them. They look at their life as a silver spoon. And consequently, they don't know how to work for something or strive for something or create something out of nothing because they've always had everything. And I just want you to consider that these are not my words. <laughs> I'm just parroting things that I've heard on how people have weaponized their fortune and their good circumstances against them, which is something that, you know, perhaps I have not done in addition to not having weaponized the way that I have been systemically or societally marginalized. So I'm just going to share with you how I inhabit a marginalized body. I am a woman. I am Chinese American, so I am a minority. I am a firstborn generation in the U.S. I think, depending on your definition, that might mean that I am second generation or 1.5 generation U.S. citizen. Other ways that I might be disadvantaged in terms of my creative ambition is I have no relatives who were creative professional role models. All of my familial relations, so all of the adults in my immediate sphere, in my family sphere, in the friends of my family sphere, were all white-collar professionals who might have at most been in middle management or they were scrappy small business owners, which was my dad. So my dad started out being a greeting card store owner in the 1980s when greeting cards were a thing. So I'm sure there are other ways I've also been marginalized that I may not be considering. Another disadvantage might be that because of this background, I did not go to college or get a master's degree in fine arts because 
as a person of color with immigrant parents, it meant a lot to them. And I internalized their wish for me to succeed in corporate America. So I'm giving you these ways that I've been marginalized as a woman, as a minority, as the immediate descendant of immigrants, as someone who also identifies as bisexual, which comes with it, you know, a lot of stigma as well that I personally have not all uncovered. To share with you that, like you, I don't necessarily consider myself to have been set up with the best circumstances for my success. And some people might see that also as a tool instead of a weapon. Whereas people might automatically assume being in a marginalized body is an automatic whatever the opposite of asset is. So I'm going to show you what I mean by that. You know, I have had clients who experience a lot of privilege and just as they weaponize their privilege against them, they hold up marginalization as something that perhaps gave that person the grit, the resilience in order to pursue something that was beyond their reach. Now, I'm not saying that that is true or that is an accurate portrayal and that we should romanticize the struggles of somebody who lives in a marginalized body because I know how that can impact the person in that position and in that role. But just as I was, have been able to experience success, there are plenty of people who identify as a woman, a U.S. minority, the descendant of immigrants, who have had a secret wish to extrovert their inner artist, who have not done that. So I don't really have that these demographic checkboxes that are responsible for how I have gotten to be where I am today. And I want to invite you to consider that to also be true of you. Just because there are these facts or figures about the Wikipedia entry of your life doesn't determine how the rest of your Wikipedia entry will be completed. Okay, so if it's not my privilege and it's not the way that I've been marginalized, if it's not all of the given circumstances that I've inherited that is responsible for me achieving my success, then what is? What is responsible? And I want you to consider that it's who I was being in relationship to these given circumstances. And it's who I continue to be in relationship to my current circumstances and who I plan to be in relationship to my future circumstances that enables me to create, recreate, iterate, and exponentially increase 
my success over and over again. It's what has enabled me to parlay doing ensemble stage roles and then turning that into originating a role in a world premiere play at Humana Festival. It's how I've been able to take relationships that I've built with casting or with managers and agents in one-off meetings on a whim and then turned those into booking shows with showrunners that have been Guggenheim and MacArthur Fellows. So who have I been being? I've been being somebody who lets their inner artist lead. And I have my inner artists back unconditionally. That means I know how to commit to my decisions over and over again until the dream that I have is reached. Who else have I been being? I'm somebody who knows how to practice a craft deliberately. So in Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers, he introduced the concept that it takes 10,000 hours of deliberate practice to master something. And a lot of people remember the 10,000 hours, but not everybody remembers the deliberate practice. So I'm somebody who knows how to practice deliberately. I don't phone it in. I don't only know how to work hard. I know how to work smart. I know how to work effectively so that I am on a constant, consistent upward spiral as opposed to just groundhog daying it over and over again on a hamster wheel and wondering, hey, how come I can't get any farther than where I've always gone? I'm also somebody who has a very specific relationship to my emotions in that I allow them, I accept them, I consider myself safe regardless of what the roller coaster of feelings I am currently riding. Now, all of these ways of being are not things that I was born with. These were all skills that I cultivated. And I know this to be true because these are the exact skills that I help my clients cultivate in my coaching containers. So I help people figure out how to have their own back unconditionally, regardless of circumstance, regardless of how they feel, regardless of what is happening on the journey. And I teach people how to practice deliberately. Again, it's not something that I was born with. It's something that I created, tweaked and recreated again. And so I teach people how to have their own practice of practice deliberately. And I teach people how to relate to their emotions so that they don't relate to 
uncomfortable, unfamiliar emotions as something that will automatically trigger a stress response from their amygdala. So I teach people, hey, we don't have to take out our jump to conclusions mat and automatically assume a fight, flight, freeze, or socialized fawn response just because we're feeling some negative emotion. And I'm sharing that this is what I teach my clients so that you know it's possible for you to be taught. It's possible for you to be transformed. It's possible for you to change. If it helps you to know, I wasn't always an artist. I might have identified as one, but I spent the beginning of my adult professional life actually working a desk job, working on Wall Street, being in financial services. I spent my college years being a double major, getting a Bachelor of Arts degree, pursuing the liberal arts, because I thought that this particular dream wasn't possible to me. And it's because I know how you can turn something you think is impossible to possible for myself that I know that it is possible for you. So I really encourage you to keep listening, keep dreaming, keep absorbing this information and allowing yourself to be taught. Keep letting the magic of this podcast work on you so that you can become the artist that you've always wanted to be. And if you know anyone who needs to hear this message and could benefit from this inspiration and motivation, I encourage you to rate and review and share this podcast so that this way you won't be the only making artist in your community, but you'll be surrounded in a community of artists who also make too. So until next time, I'm wishing you happy making. And you can fill in the blank, whether it be your book, your art, or making fans an audience, making buyers, investors, and making a full-time job and business from your creative skills. Love you. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Making Artists podcast. Ready to start making art, making money, and making an impact? Visit makingartistspodcast.com. That's www.makingartists, plural with an S, podcast.com. Link available in the show notes. You can also stay in touch with me on Instagram. Just follow at the Nancy Sun on IG. I so look forward to the art and the life you make. Until next time.